Welcome back to Alger Assembly of God. I say good morning. It's good morning to those of you who are here in person. Some of you maybe will be watching online or listening online. And it might be Sunday morning that you're watching this. It might be another part of a Sunday or another day of the week. But whenever it is, wherever it is, Thank you for being a part of Alger Assembly of God. Uh, we are jumping back into our series on the book of Ruth, and we'll get into that in just a moment. But check out this story. After a night out with his friends, David Brown, who was an Englishman, woke up with a series of random numbers in his head. After trying to figure out what those numbers could mean, he decided that he would send a text message using those numbers for the recipient. A rather interesting idea. So in his text that he typed, he said, Do I know you? Did I meet you last night? The recipient was a confused Michelle Kitson who lived only 60 miles away from him, but they had not met the night before. But over time, they would in fact meet, and actually, five years after he sent that first text message, the two would get married. As he would say, she really is the girl of my dreams. <clears throat> now, I don't recommend that as a, an opportunity of finding a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a spouse, but imagine that. Some of these things that we see... <clears throat> situations and circumstances that we say, isn't it amazing how it just simply happened? Did it just happen or is there something else at work? Is it coincidence or is it the hand of God at work? And that's the theme, that's the question that we're going to be exploring today. So back in the book of Ruth, we mentioned that it's a little book with a big message. It's four chapters, 85 verses, and hopefully in our time together, you've already gone through the entire book, or at the very least, you finished chapter one, maybe have read chapter two, which is where we're looking at today. We've said that Ruth takes place basically in the time period of the judges. Unfortunately, a season where the Israelites were in that cycle of sin, and it's a, a time period where the unthinkable actually becomes the norm. And so that's where Ruth is. We see that uh, as we opened up the book, we looked at some bad decisions. We were introduced to Elimelech, his wife Naomi, their sons Malon and Kilion. They left, they chose to leave Israel, Bethlehem and Judah, and they went to Moab. Bad decision by abandoning God. We said that when we abandon God, it creates consequences and it affects other people. What we ended up seeing was that Elimelech died, both sons died, after having met and obtained a Moabite wife. So now Naomi is alone with two daughters-in-law, and there is a whole string of some bad decisions. But the remainder of chapter 1, we took a look at last time, we looked at good decisions. Naomi said... Hey, I've heard that the, the famine is over. There is some food in Israel. And she was going to leave Moab and head back. That was the, the beginning of a good decision when you and I turn to or return to God. We see that it requires a wholehearted devotion. Orpah, one of the daughters-in-law, started back on the journey but left and went back to Moab. And it also involved 
personal responsibility. When you and I make good decision, we've got to have personal responsibility for our actions. So last week we left off with the fact Naomi's on her way back to Bethlehem. She's on her way back to the land of Israel. She heard that there's some food, and it's her and Ruth. Ruth gave the declaration, your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. She's declaring that she's going to turn to and serve God. And so we come to chapter 2. So the title or the theme, as mentioned earlier, is this, God is at work. Four powerful and encouraging words that we're going to be exploring today. And so as we jump into Ruth chapter 2, I want you to see that God is at work behind the scenes. Because many times we don't see, we don't think, we don't feel like anything's happening. God's doing nothing. Nothing is taking place. But many times God's working behind the scenes. Chapter 1, beginning, uh, it seemed like everything was falling apart. But the end of chapter 1, they're making their way back to Israel. And chapter 2, the eye of faith can look through and see that God is doing something incredible. So I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. Chapter 2, verse 1, it says, Now, let me stop right there. One word in, now. Some other versions or translations would put it this way. It so happened that. Now, when we hear that, when we see that, when we say that, we tend to think coincidence. Well, it just so happened that. New Living Translation says, well, now there was a wealthy and influential man. It just so happened that there was this man, this individual that we did not know, that we did not meet from chapter 1, but now we're going to be introduced to him. It just so happened that there was this man. Now, this wealthy and influential man, some versions or translations would say that he was a worthy man. So a worthy man, he, he had some wealth, he had some wisdom, he was a man of God, a man of worship. This was a quality individual. So it just so happened that there was one of these quality individuals, quality of men in Bethlehem named Boaz. Stop right there. Chapter 1, we don't read anything about a man by the name of Boaz. Spoiler alert, Ruth and Boaz are going to get together. If you've read the book of Ruth, you understand that. But, you know, this is a little bit of that foreshadowing. How many of you, let's be honest, how many of you have ever watched a Hallmark movie? Right. They got Hallmark Christmas movies and, and the Hallmark uh, Winterfest movies and, and uh, Valentine's movies, and, and then they're moving into the spring movies and the summer movies. I mean, they've got, uh, they got basically a movie for every, every week. Now, you and I know if you watch a Hallmark movie, you get the gist of what's going to happen in the first five minutes. Because the person that she's with, the guy that she's with at the beginning is no good for her, and she's going to find somebody who's the right one. Or she is so different from the person that we are uh, introduced to, you know, small town, big town, whatever, but we just know they're going to get together. You know, it's a little bit of that foreshadowing and classic Hallmark Channel movie, uh, you know, production. So when we're reading this, and, and this is a part of how it's, it's well written with a, a number of uh, foreshadowing events, Boaz is not mentioned in chapter 1. But chapter 2 opens with, well, it just so happened 
There's this man by the name of Boaz, and, and he was godly, he was wealthy, he was influential, and he's in Bethlehem. Oh, and check it out. He was a relative of Naomi's husband, Elimelech. Verse 2, one day Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go out into the harvest fields, pick up the stalks of grain left by anyone who's kind enough to let me do it. And Naomi replied, all right, my daughter, go ahead. So Ruth went out to gather grain behind the harvesters, and as it happened, it just so happened, circumstance, coincidence, guess what? As it happened, she found herself working in a field that belonged to, guess who? Yes, Boaz. Belonged to Boaz, the relative of her father-in-law, Elimelech. Now, we read chapter 1. And chapter 1, it starts pretty bleak. It ends with a little bit of a promise that, you know, they're heading back to Israel. They're heading back to Bethlehem. It seems like there's some food, so maybe there's some hope. And chapter 2 starts with, well, it just so happened. It just so happened there's this man. It just so happened that he's part of the family line of Elimelech. And it just so happened that Ruth is going to be in his field. Is it coincidence or is it God at work? I want to assure you that God is at work in your life and in my life behind the scenes. Many times God's arranging the people and the events and how to connect us to the right people at the right time. Ruth does not know Boaz. She's from Moab. She doesn't know anybody from Bethlehem. And it just so happens we're introduced to Boaz. It just so happens she's going to end up in his field. So God is preparing and providing this right person at just the right time behind the scenes. But God's also been working behind the scenes through this process called gleaning, or in some versions you might read it as gathering. Gleaning or gathering. It was established by God to allow individuals to be able to gather some of the leftover grain, and so that process is termed gleaning. So these instructions enabled the farmers or landowners to be generous rather than trying to scrape every single thing off the ground. They can leave it there. Let's them be generous. And the poor and the needy, they can work and they can find some of these things and it's a blessing to them. And so this word, glean or gather, depending on the version or translation you're reading, you'll find this about 10 times or more in chapter 2 alone. Even in the midst of difficulty, even in the midst of hardship and trial and suffering, God's already been at work behind the scenes. This was something instituted from the Lord. We see in Leviticus, we see in Deuteronomy. So many years before Ruth, God had put this in place. Uh, working behind the scenes, even through that process. Check it out, Leviticus chapter 19, verse 9 and 10. It says, when you harvest the crops of your land... Do not harvest the grain along the edges of your fields and do not pick up what the harvesters drop. In other words, don't be so concerned with every single stalk, every single piece of grain. It's okay. Just leave it be. Verse 10, leave them for the poor and the foreigners living among you. A way of blessing and providing. Now, Deuteronomy chapter 24, 19 expands a little further. Leave it for foreigners, orphans, and widows. Then the Lord your God will bless you in all that you do. 
See, God was already at work behind the scenes providing for and allowing for this gleaning or gathering process. God's working behind the scenes for this individual. Just so happened that Boaz is going to be here. It just so happened she's going to be in his field. And it just so happened there was this policy in place that says you're able to work and glean and gather some food. And God uses the right people and God uses the right place at the right time. It just so happened she ends up in his field. Now, Ruth is from Moab. She's not from Bethlehem. She doesn't know any individuals, doesn't know their field, doesn't know their property. More than likely to her, Ruth is thinking, one field's as good as another. And she ends up, it just so happened that she ended up in the field of Boaz, who just so happened to be a family member, who just so happened to be a quality man of God. It just so happened. How many of you in your life, maybe you can look back in time and, and you re recall a time when it just so happened? God was working on your behalf. I, one of my favorite it just so happened moments I've shared multiple times, but it's Kim and I meeting at that little place called Big Prairie. Many of you here in the church know it well. It just so happened I was a single youth pastor in Galleon in the mid to late 90s, single for a number of years, and going to every week of youth camp. Family camp was the week off that week. And typically, from what I understood, uh, the Ohio Ministry Network had typically invited a married couple to preach the youth services of family camp. And it just so happened that they invited a single guy, and it just so happened to be me, and it just so happened that I met Kim 15 minutes in. It just so happened that I was talking to Ryan. It just so happened that we were talking as the girls walked by. It just so happened that I invited them. It just so happened, it just so happened. All week long, we, we could still, 20 plus years since, we could bend your ear all day with stories from that week of it just so happened. Some of you were there that week. You might have your own version of what took place. But it just so happened. The very last night, uh, we're throwing a pizza party for the youth, and it just so happened the youth wanted to bless me. It just so happened that they wanted to invite someone to get me out so they could take an offering, and it just so happened that they told Kim to invite me to go out and get me out of the place so they could receive an offering. It just so happened. God was at work in the people and in the places, working behind the scenes. And God brought us together, husband and wife, and did a number of other years together in family camp. But it just so happened. You look at chapter 2 here, and we see that many of the coincidences in life are not coincidences as God is at work. Someone put it this way, a coincidence is a small miracle where God prefers to remain anonymous. <laughs> I like that. Proverbs 16.9 says, The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. We have what we think is going to take place, but God's leading and working and guiding. He is at work in your heart and in your life. God was at work for Naomi and Ruth and through Boaz. God is working behind the scenes. As another pastor wrote, God's purposes are always on purpose. I like that. 
He's big enough to work in every detail and every aspect of our life, and yet he's personal enough to know and see and care about every detail. God is at work many times behind the scenes. We don't see it. We don't feel it. We don't know it, but God is at work. I want to encourage you with that today. So God's at work behind the scenes. Secondly, God is at work through our character. Now, you're looking at chapter 2, and you're saying, there's a whole lot of verses left. We're going to work our way through them rather quickly through these last couple of thoughts. But I want you to see how God is utilizing uh, the character of Boaz and the character of Ruth and how he is working through those things to be able to bring them together. Verse 4, it says, While she was there, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you, he said. The Lord bless you, the harvesters replied. God's working through our character because character matters. Now, quick question. How many of you have ever had a boss who shows up and greets you and at the beginning of the day says, Hey, the Lord is with you. And how many of you maybe have responded to your, your boss? The Lord bless you. I mean, here, the character of this upstanding man of God, as he greets and meets his workers, is on display. It's not just a character when it comes to Sunday mornings at 1030. This is out in his fields with his workers, man of God, character showing through. Character matters. You know what else matters? People's skills matter. And initiative matters. Verse 5, Boaz asked his foreman, who is that young woman over there and who does she belong to? The foreman replied, she's the young woman from Moab who came back with Naomi. She asked me this morning if she could gather grain behind the harvesters. God's using the people skills of Boaz to help connect. He, he sees the people who are working in his field enough to notice that she's new or different or she's not worked in this field before. He's asking questions about her. People skills matter. Initiative matters. This person's saying she came up and asked, can she work? Can she glean? Can she gather grain? God's working through the character of Boaz. God's working through the character of Ruth. And it's being put on display for others to see. Character matters. People skills matter. Initiative matters. Hard work matters. The person said she's been hard at work ever since the end of verse 7 except for a few minutes rest in the shelter. And then drop down to verse 17. It says that Ruth gathered barley there all day, and when she beat out the grain, it filled an entire basket. You know, we think about working for food as if what she's gathering was just already put together. It's not like she's gleaning the fields and she's uncovering some pre-wrapped cheeseburgers. She's finding grain, and then she has to beat the grain out to get rid of the worthless chaff uh, to have what's left. This is a long, hard-working process, and Ruth is a hard worker. Hard work matters. Compassion also matters. Check out Boaz in his heart of compassion. Verse 8, Boaz went over and said to Ruth, Listen, my daughter. Stay right here with us when you gather grain. Don't go to any other fields. Stay right behind the young women working in my field. 
See which part of the field they're harvesting and follow them. I've warned the young men not to treat you roughly. And when you're thirsty, help yourself to the water they have drawn from the well. There's compassion behind Boaz. Now, some scholars or commentators would say that his comments here indicate maybe something inappropriate had taken place in that field, whether it's with Ruth or with somebody else. Others would simply say, no, nothing had happened, but he's making sure nothing happened. His compassion is, here's where you go. Here's how you stay safe. Here's what I want you to do. And I'm going to show you compassion. Have some water when you're thirsty. You can help yourself to what they've drawn, what my workers have drawn. He's extending compassion. God is at work through the character of Boaz. God is at work through the character of Ruth. Compassion matters. But check out verse 10 and understand that thankfulness matters. Ruth fell at his feet and thanked him warmly. What have I done to deserve such kindness, she asked. I'm only a foreigner. I'm from Moab. I'm not from here. My mother-in-law Naomi is. And I could, I could understand if you were being nice to her, but me, you don't know me. I'm not from here. And she's expressing thankfulness. She's expressing gratitude. God's at work through our character, but understand thankfulness matters. There is gratitude through Ruth and not entitlement. Now, one thing I think we can all do better is be better in our thankfulness, our, our gratitude one to another, right? Because many times we can tend to expect things and we can expect that God's going to work on our behalf. Well, God should just do it. We expect him to do it. We get mad if he doesn't do it. And sometimes we're not real thankful when he does. I think we can all grow in an attitude of gratitude and thankfulness. But here's Ruth indicating that thankfulness matters. And we also see that faithfulness matters. Verse 11, Boaz replies, yes, I know. He knows that she's a foreigner. She's not from there. But I also know about everything you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. I've heard how you left your father and mother in your own land to live here among complete strangers. May the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge, reward you fully for what you've done. Boaz is seeing her faithfulness, and God is blessing through Boaz as a result of the faithfulness. She was faithful to Naomi. She's been faithful to God. She declared, your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. I'm going to be faithful and committed. Now, we don't do this to try to earn favor. We, we certainly can't earn or deserve anything. It's grace and it's mercy and it's blessings of God. But many times, as we are faithful, we simply find and discover God's blessing that rests upon our life. Now, Ruth her faithfulness was not just for one day. We look at this and we say, wow, look at everything she received from one day. It was things that were leading up to that day. And then as we're about to see, it's the faithfulness of Ruth beyond that day. Faithfulness is for the long haul. Faithfulness is not just a, a one morning or a one day or a one week or a one month. Faithfulness to the Lord is for the long haul. So when we take a look at chapter 2, we're seeing that God is at work behind the scenes. 
God is at work through our character. And finally, as we go through the rest of this chapter, I want you to see how God is at work in his blessings. Aren't you thankful for the blessings of the Lord in your life? If you take a look back, I would venture to say that they're rather varied. There's a, a variety of different blessings that God does into your life. And so we're going to take a look at the remainder of this chapter and just touch on some of the blessings, how God is blessing Ruth in chapter 2. First of all, God's providing comfort. Verse 13, she replies, I hope that I continue to please you, sir. You have comforted me by speaking so kindly to me, even though I'm not one of your workers. How many of you have received comfort from the Lord? You've gone through a difficulty. You've gone through a hardship. Maybe you've gone through a loss of a friend or a family member. And in the midst of that, that dark time, you sense God's peace at work. You sense the comfort of God. Here, Ruth is experiencing comfort. God's providing that through Boaz, even in the midst of a, a challenge. She's left her homeland behind. She's with her mother-in-law in a brand new life, a brand new world, a brand new place. And it just so happened to meet Boaz, just so happened to be in his field, and he's providing comfort. But God is also just very simply providing for her. Check it out in verse 14. At mealtime, Boaz called to her. Come over here and help yourself to some food. Not just are you able to work and kind of gather and glean the scraps, but I want you to, to have a meal with me and, and our men. Help yourself to food. Dip your bread in the sour wine. So she sat with his harvesters, and Boaz gave her some roasted grain to eat. God is just blessing, and God is providing for her. Verse 15, when she went back to work again, Boaz ordered his men, let her gather grain right among the sheaves without stopping her. I mean, this is blessing upon blessing, provision upon provision. It's not just that she can glean what's left. It's not just that he's giving her a, a lunch, you know, no McDonald's nearby. She's not necessarily able to, maybe she didn't bring something with her. He's providing lunch. He's saying, Go and, and gather from the sheaves. What his workers have done as they're gathering the grain and putting it together in these standing sheaves, go ahead and pull from that. It's okay. Verse 16, and pull out some heads of barley from the bundles and drop them on purpose for her, providing blessing for her. Let her pick them up. Don't give her a hard time. So Ruth gathered barley there all day, and when she beat out the grain that evening, it filled an entire basket. Now, we read that, and when we read basket, we've got a, a variety of different mental things. Uh, maybe you're thinking about an Easter basket such as what we might fill, and, and we look at this and say, well, that's not a, a very impressive amount, but if, if you have nothing, I guess going home with a basket would be great. That's not what she received. Many of the versions or translations, rather than saying that she filled an entire basket, says that she gathered an ephah of grain. Now, when we say ephah, it just goes whew, way over our head, ephah. Biblical standard of measurement here. So this ephah would be about 40 to 50 pounds worth of grain. 
40 to 50 pounds. So if you're thinking one of those large packages of dog food or one of those large packages of, of uh, salt for a water softener or a large package of salt uh, that you would put down on a driveway, you know, massive, large package, 40, 50 pounds worth. That's a lot of work, but that's a lot of blessing in one day. It was said that this, uh, this ephah perhaps would be plenty for Ruth and Naomi, potentially for a week and a half. She just didn't get barely enough to scrape by for that day. She was blessed and blessed abundantly, right? God is providing, and God is providing abundantly. And not just a barely getting her by, the, the 40 or 50 pounds of an ephah, Check out verse 14, the end of verse 14. When he provides the meal, it says, she ate all she wanted and still had some left. He wasn't just throwing her, hey, you know, here's a couple crackers. Hopefully it tides you over. He's blessing and blessing her abundantly. She ate as much as she wanted and she still couldn't eat everything that she'd been blessed with. And then in verse 21, as she's recounting at the end of the chapter to Naomi, she says, what's more, Boaz told me to come back and stay with his harvesters until the entire harvest is completed. Are you sensing how God is providing? God is at work behind the scenes. God's been at work providing the opportunity to glean. God's been at work behind the scenes providing Boaz, providing his field. It just so happened. It just so happened time after time. But he's not just saying, hey, it's great. You can stay here today and here, let me bless you with lunch and take a little extra home, but don't come back. I can't bless you that much every day. He's abundantly going above and beyond saying, come back, work with my harvesters. We're going to finish out the entire harvest. Isn't that just like God? Not just to barely kind of sort of bless, but to abundantly bless. What did Jesus himself say? I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. God is desiring to bless. So he's providing comfort for her. He's simply providing. He's providing abundantly. And God's provision He's providing an overflow for others. Verse 18, she carries it back to town, shows it to her mother-in-law. She also gave her the roasted grain that was left from her meal. She took a doggy bag home. Any of you ever do that, right? Can't eat your meal, so wrap it up, take it home. Maybe I'll have a meal tonight or tomorrow. She couldn't eat everything that Boaz gave her for lunch. She took that home too. Verse 19, where did you gather all this grain today, Naomi asked. Where did you work? May the Lord bless the one who helped you. So Ruth told her mother-in-law about the man in whose field she had worked, and she said, the man I worked with today is named Boaz. I mean, just so happened to meet Boaz, just, just so happened to be in the right field, and, and as I was there, just so happened that he came by. And she relayed everything, and oh, by the way, it just so happened and his name is Boaz. Verse 20, may the Lord bless him. Naomi told her daughter-in-law, He's showing his kindness to us as well as to your dead husband. Oh, and by the way, that man is one of our closest relatives, one of our family redeemers. God was blessing Ruth, but not just Ruth. God was blessing and overflowing into Naomi's life through Boaz. 
She's bringing back. It's not just that Ruth got to eat and she goes home and says, wow, you'll never guess what happened. Look at all the food that I ate. Sorry, I don't have anything for you. She brought leftovers home. She brought that ephah, 40 to 50 pounds, large basketful home. The blessing is an overflow. God blesses us to be a blessing to others. Maybe at times you see, hey, here's an individual that could use a blessing and you pay for a meal or you bless them with this or you bless them with that. God blesses, God many times uses individuals to be a blessing to others. So he's providing an overthrow to others. <clears throat> and she's saying he's a family redeemer or many times it would be referred to as a kinsman redeemer. We'll touch on that next week as to what that means and, and why that's important for Boaz. But God's also providing protection in his blessings. Verse 22, Naomi exclaims, Good, do as he said, my daughter. Stay with his young woman right through the whole harvest. You might be harassed in other fields. You'll be safe with him. Aren't you thankful for God's protection? You know, there's times you're out in a vehicle and it just so happens that you miss an accident. It just so happens that God is protecting and preparing you. Naomi is saying, this man is providing protection for you. Thank the Lord for that. And then finally in his blessings, God is providing direction. Verse 23, Ruth worked alongside the women in Boaz's fields, gathered grain with them until the end of the barley harvest. Then she continued working with them through the wheat harvest in early summer. Barley harvest would be in the spring. Wheat harvest would be in the summer. She's working the entire field, the entire season, and the next season. This is providing the direction of what she is to do, where she is to be through this year, if you would, of her life. All the while she lived with her mother-in-law. God is guiding and directing her steps. Chapter 1, it seemed like nobody was at work. Nothing was happening. Chapter 2, it just so happened. It just so happened there was a man by the name of Boaz. It just so happened Ruth was in his field. It just so happened he was coming by as she was there. And he asked, and on and on and on, and you say, well, what a coincidence. God is at work. God was at work to take care of Naomi and to take care of Ruth. God was at work in blessing them through Boaz. And I want you to be encouraged today. God is at work in your heart and in your life. It might not seem like it. It might not look like it. It might seem like nothing's taking place. But know that God is at work behind the scenes through our character and in his blessings. 